0: When you come home to yourself, you have everything. You have the energy, the strength, the means. There is nothing that you can't do. (laughs) It's an indescribable feeling. It's beautiful.
1: Would we be able to say that when we come back home to ourself, we are boundless? We are, and we've always been. You're listening to The Boundless Heart, the podcast empowering women into fierce self-love, independence, and equal partnership. I'm your host, Elsie, and today I've brought on a dear friend I believe is enlightened, and you will hear why. Olivera Milojkovic gives us tangible, grounded wisdom about how to move about the world, including within your current relationships, after waking up. Whether you've woken up in an instant like her or you're awakening bit by bit like me, I bet you'll fully relate to this. I'm going to jump right in, waste no time, and bring up the fact that one day you found yourself sitting, having a cup of coffee nonchalantly at your kitchen counter, and all of a sudden you woke up.
0: Can you tell us about that? Yeah. um, What happened that moment that day was the I, me, Oliveira, disappeared. There wasn't a story of a me anymore. There was nothing. I can say that word. I can say there was nothing. But that's not true because that nothingness felt like every single thing, both at the same time. I can also say it felt like duality collapsed and all of these things probably can't be understood because I never understood reading it either until it happened. And when it happened, it happened to nobody. So awakening or enlightenment or whatever, it always is. It doesn't happen. It just is. And then we have this experience, but that's not true either.
1: Hard to define these undefinable things. But what were you like before this happened? Tell us about your relationship that you were in. Tell us about what your life looked like and what emotionally you were going through before this awakening happened.
0: That's a loaded question. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know from what angle to answer. I'll just talk, and I know the right thing will will be heard. I was a regular person, meaning I came into this world, I was born, and I had an upbringing. I had a story. You know, there was a me. I'm a woman. I belong to some parents just the regular kind of normal human story. I can say I was attracted to certain situations and certain people. I can also tell you why I think I was attracted to that. Looking at it from today, you're attracted, or someone is in your life. First of all, because it is, life doesn't need a reason to be life is its own purpose or reason. But I was attracted, let's say, to my former relationship, my former husband, because there was something that I needed to reconcile with myself, because that other person, that thing that I saw in him, the good or the bad that attracted me, was a piece of myself that needed reconciliation. That's the best and closest that I can come to in words, intellectually, explaining why i had this former marriage that's the deeper answer
1: let's go a little bit closer to the surface for now so we can put a little bit of i don't know tangibility to it what were those attributes that you think that you needed to reconcile or you did need to reconcile within yourself what were the personalities that came together
0: okay and thank you for the direction because i know i can go off the things that attracted me In the other, in his personality were, I perceived him as strong, knowing what he wanted, a very strong personality, controlling, which I sensed as a strength at first. Later that control became a negative aspect about him in my perception. I would say those were the main ones. Later, I realized that these were all aspects that I encountered and experienced with my mother. I gave up control. I gave up my own sense of self. I was controlled by my mother. That was my experience of her. I'm not saying my mother is controlling. So because I had not resolved this issue within myself, and I had to have this experience, that's just my life, like anyone else's, I then was attracted to a partner to the other, it could have been a sister, a brother, a neighbor. It could have been anyone that I experienced these aspects, these personality traits. This is all unconscious at that time, right? But these are the things that attracted me so that as my marriage got worse, the reconciliation that was occurring happened because I woke up. I realized, oh, this is very familiar. This is like my mom. I started having these little feelings, these little inklings of, this is familiar somehow. It's just a familiarity. You have no idea what it is, but it's just there. And then when you realize, you realize you're reliving the same. That's why things happen to us constantly over and over, because the reconciliation hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will never happen maybe it'll happen tomorrow, maybe it'll happen in the 100th relationship, but it's just the way it is.
1: Well, I feel that absolutely. (laughs) As I mentioned before, in the very beginning, and we started this with one day you woke up. But at that time, it was as though everything and nothing all at once. What happened? What did you change in your life? Did you change in your life? How did that Sort of roll out because I know that that awakening was kind of an instance. It was a moment, but then what happened after that moment?
0: Loaded questions. <laughs> they always are when we talk about these things. But again, I'll do my best to describe what changes happen because this is a big thing. This is a big um, moment when, when the changes start. So in that moment of awakening, in that timeless, Moment. There is no time in that. You realize, you understand, but not intellectually. You just, you know, you have this external drive (laughs) that tells you things. And you can see those unreconciled situations. You can see, you know, all of the things that you couldn't see in the unconscious state. It's like your whole your entire life is clear. It's like going to school without going to school. It's like reading all the books in all the libraries without reading them. You just, you know what's what. You understand why this relationship is working, why this one is not. But you don't see it anymore from over there. You see it from over here. And this is, I think, the key.
1: Uh, When you say over there, you mean from looking outside at other people. And when you say from over here, you're meaning from really in your center, right? So you're, it's almost like you were looking out. And now you're really focused in.
0: Yes, thank you for that. And I'll give the example. Before awakening, I used to think and say things like, he did this, he did that because of him. And I can't because of them and her. And it's all because of them out there. It's the world. It's the people. That's why I have all my issues. That's, before awakening, the unconscious state. Because you're not yet, you haven't done that turn yet. It hasn't happened yet. It happens little by little. You get flashes, you get little things, but that awakening just just switches everything around. At that moment, I stopped pointing the finger over there and the finger turned around and everything that was wrong in my life was coming from me. <laughs> that was the big joke like are you kidding can it be possible that I am the one that needs to be looked at I'm the one that's doing this or I'm the one that creates the situation I'm the one that has the issues and then your ego can't handle that like it's it's a lot but you know that it's true so then You stay there, no matter how much you're going out again, because the tendency at first is you still go out, you still have, but he should have, but they shouldn't have, but it could have been. But since you have that center now, you have that reference point, then even though your eye wants to go out there, you bring yourself back. And there are many ways to what I call to reconcile. There are many ways to do it. What I changed, you asked me. Looking at myself was a big one, and that took a while. I want to say, I just want to pause here. the answer to awakening enlightenment, it's not a thing that happens and then that's it. You're enlightened or whatever people want to call it. Enlightenment is moment to moment. If my mind goes out, if the eye kicks in and I go out of myself, I'm not enlightened. And then when I bring myself back, I'm enlightened. We can say those kinds of things. That's the truth. Because if I say, I'm enlightened, I'm awakened, that means that there's a future. And there isn't. There's only in the moment. There is no one that is enlightened. First, there's no one, no one that is enlightened. Enlightenment is moment to moment. If you're stressed out because someone cut you off, you're not enlightened. You're going to say, oh, look at that guy. You're out there. Again, the finger is pointing that way. So what I did, what what changes I made was I read a lot. I looked for help for me. This was all for me. What was I doing to create this situation? What powers did I give away? My powers. Where did I give myself away to others that then left me homeless? Meaning not without shelter, but without a center where did I leave myself? And I looked for those things for a good few years. I looked for where I went out and I I was bringing all of me back. And as I was doing that, I felt stronger. There's a strength that can't be described. And it comes with the freedom of bringing yourself back, the freedom of knowing where you are. When you come home to yourself, you have everything. You have the energy, the strength, the means. There is nothing that you can't do. (laughs) It's an indescribable feeling. It's beautiful.
1: Would we be able to say that when we come back home to ourself, we are boundless? We are. And we've always been. And the experimentation is, how much can I give myself out there? Before we realize that it's really about coming back here, and that's when we're actually able to give.
0: I would say another aspect of awakening. We believe as human beings, we believe that we make things happen. We choose things, we go places, we we choose our partners. But if you look deeper, if you just drop your story and just open deeper, to the possibility of what I'm going to say. If you do that, you probably will sense this somewhere deep down. And I'm going to use the, the example of you are being breathed. You are not breathing. You, LC, are not making breathing happen. Neither am I. The same applies to this thing we call our life. Life is happening. The wall is walling. The camera is cameraing. This is sitting, it's just happening. And again, I'm going to say things that are out there, you know, a little bit out there, but I'd rather say than not say, there isn't two, there's only one. And that means if there's an I making something happen, and then there's a breathing that's happening, that's two. So in that same sense, I feel like I'm choosing my choices in life, I feel like, oh, I'm attracted to this person, so I am attracted, right? It was my, came from me, but it didn't. Attraction happened. There's no one here. There's just attraction or not attraction. There's just a divorce or not a divorce. And everything is the same
1: like this. Beautiful way of putting that one. Let's talk a little bit about the choice that you did make once you came home to yourself and realized this relationship, this marriage, wasn't, I think you just told me, it's like oil and water. They aren't going to mix. To add to that complexity, I would say, the life complexity, is that you had a daughter. Can you talk about the decision and what you went through as far as making that decision and those decisions and the results?
0: One of the hardest things that I as a human being experienced harder than childbirth, harder than anything I can think of was me, Oliveira, as a human experiencing the feeling of leaving a daughter that I had wished for for years and couldn't conceive and then did. And I I had this beautiful experience so that after awakening, I knew I already saw that I couldn't stay. I would divorce I wouldn't be here anymore. I can say some more things too. In that moment of this all knowing, I would say like, it almost felt like a split within me. There were two me's at some point. That's what it felt like. The one me, the old me, and that old me was feeling all the human feelings. The deep, deep, deep hurt knowing that I would leave my home my marriage, my daughter, my parents, my whole world that has been known to me up until that point. So this Oliveira human, this little fragile person, that person was hurting so badly. My stomach was in knots. My heart was literally breaking. I was in a heartache. I mean, we've all felt heartache probably. It was the worst heartache I had ever felt in my entire life. And then it seemed like there was another side-by-side person, me, which was not in pain, was very level-headed. Now, these are words that I'm describing that you can't describe this. But let's say, so I didn't have any feelings. This part of me didn't have any human feelings. You know when there's something that you're going to do? And it's just a matter of fact. Like, I'm going to get a drink of water because I'm very thirsty. You know, I haven't had any water all day. You get up, you go and you get water. There's, you don't think anything. You don't feel anything. This is kind of what this other me. It's something that doesn't have feeling like a human. It's a matter of fact, kind of. It's, um, I don't want to seem like heartless <laughs> and, and feelingless. It's just. Love and knowing and knowing all is well and that you can't get it wrong and I can't describe it. It sounds like
1: acceptance and it sounds like contentment and it sounds like being.
0: It sounds like being (laughs) and you just do it because you have at center your home and you know, not logically, not intellectually, but you have a knowing that this is the way it's going to be, it doesn't make sense, the thing that you're going to do, because it's not logical. You can't make sense out of it. It's just something that's happening, that's going to happen, that you see in your mind's eye, and (laughs) it's just going to go down that road. You have no control over it, really, because it's coming from not exterior, not the world where we have stories about how we should and shouldn't. It's not coming from there. And that's why you you do it, because it's already done. (laughs) You're just physically going through the motions. And again, it's not a heartless thing. It's actually very heartfelt. You are more of an encompassing being. I believe that this part that I'm going to speak to now, to me, was the most helpful. The way that I'm going to tell you that I saw things after. How I related to my ex-husband, how I related to my daughter, how I related to my mom, my dad, my neighbor, everybody changed. For example, my ex-husband, he liked to, let's say, be out with friends. Friends were very important to him. He liked to build relationship, friendships. He liked to build work relationships, personal relationships. That was a big deal on his list. On my list, that wasn't very big, but what was big, family building, doing things with my mom, my daughter. I liked family kind of feeling. So we had a disconnect there. Our wishes were different, let's say. And how I viewed him after was there was a man, my ex. There was a person who loved to do things and wasn't able to do them because of me, because I would say things to him. I would be in the way of that. I would say, well, you should do this instead of that. That's not love. Love joins. Love is always yes. This was key for me when I understood this. If my husband has an affair, another example, obviously he doesn't want to be with me. So love would say, be with that other person. This is where the logical part can't, you can't think logically when you're awakened to the fact That if you love someone, you want what they want. So again, (laughs) this sounds absurd, but it's not when you view it from love's standpoint. If you view your loved one through love's eyes, I want what you want. And this is how I relate to my daughter who didn't want to have a relationship with me after I left because she wanted a mom who stayed close by and who acted a certain way. That wasn't me anymore. So staying true to myself and love honors the other person. In this case, my daughter. So this person, my daughter did not want a relationship with this kind of mother. And I say to myself, I want what she wants. So people may be asking, well, what about what you want, Oliveira? Maybe you want a relationship with your daughter. Well, yeah, I do. But if I can't be that, if I can't have that, Relationship with her, I will have a relationship with someone else. If you can't give me a hug, someone will hug me. It's the same thing. I know people will say it's not. It is. In your essence, in your core, in the core of love, this is the same. To reiterate
1: then, it's you want what the other person wants for themselves while at the same time wanting what you want for yourself. And then you get to see if those two things come together or not.
0: That's it. It's it's very simple. So if I have to come to terms with my daughter not wanting to be in my life, that's the I, the me, the Olivera, the story of a mother who wants a daughter to be in her life. That's that part of me. But I don't live from that part anymore. I live from a wider perspective. And the wider perspective lives from love. That's what love looks like that's the greatest switch, the internal switching from just regular logical story thinking to that greater oneness, wholeness, love, whatever you want to call it. It's not easy, but this is what every day is like. And it's beautiful because now you know, oh my God, your daughter's living her dream. She's not with a mother who she doesn't want. She's with a mother or someone in her life who is someone she wants. I mean, what could I want more for her than that? For her to have what she wants. Oh my God, that makes me so... I mean, I have chicken skin. I do too. Your
1: daughter, I think, was 15. So at the time, she had the ability to make those choices. I know some people listening have daughters or sons that are a lot younger, that are still really under their care. And I believe in that case, still do what's best for you, knowing that if your children are still dependent on you, what's best for you will be best for them in the long run, whether or not you think so. Because they are going to grow into themselves and into the age where they can start to make their own choices. But eventually, we do need to let them make their own choices.
0: In any case, no matter how old your child is, remember that Something will happen or it won't. Some things in your life, all the things in your life, will happen or they won't, regardless of what you think should happen. What will happen is one thing. That's reality. That's love. That's wholeness. What I think should happen is not that. So (laughs) that's the part that gets in our way. When we think something should be a certain way, that's tied to a story that we tell ourselves or a belief that we have. I would question those beliefs. That's where the issue is, not where the kids are. Wow, that was profound.
1: <laughs> really? I would love to leave this at that. After asking you now, just for some relatability, where are you at in relationships now? Are you still single? Have you partnered? Are you married again? What? Where have you come to from this awakened state where now you're really looking within
0: first? That's such a good question for me now. And also maybe to give an outlook to someone who's maybe where I am. Relationships are very easy nowadays. I've been in a relationship now for eight years. And I feel like I'm living with myself. I mean, I'm always living with myself. (laughs) You know, even when I was living with whoever Else in my life, you're always kind of just with yourself. But now I feel like I'm living with a closer mirror. There isn't much reconciling left to do for me personally. So the relationship that I'm in now has very little reconciling. And in that sense, I feel like I'm closer to a mirror image of my center. That's the best way that I can describe this relationship now.
1: That makes sense to me. And what came through my head as you were saying that is when we know who we are and we move from that center where, again, we're not people pleasing. I know you and I both have had big parts of our lives (laughs) where that was the case. When we stop doing that and actually take inventory of what we want and desire first that's what we're going to attract more of that center.
0: That's as close as probably we'll come to describing this. I, I haven't found any other way.
1: Oliveira, is there anything else that you would love to share? Is there one piece of wisdom that might be falling into your head right now, or rising up from your heart right now that you'd love to share with the listeners?
0: Just one thing that always is present with me in my life, also as like a reminder: no matter. Literally, no matter what comes your way in life, no matter what comes, if it looks bad, if it looks good, if it looks anything in between, if it if it doesn't matter what it looks like, there's a way to deal with life that doesn't give you anxiety. Let's put it that way. And the way is accept first, accept what comes because we automatically, you know, reject, want to go away kind of feeling like, no, I don't want this. This shouldn't be happening that causes stress and anxiety, not the thing itself. So this kind of reminder for me daily is what keeps life easy, even the hard things. And then after a while, I don't even say hard or easy. It's just life is managed in the same way. You just start living it all in the same way. It's not heavy anymore. It's not easy sometimes, but it doesn't have that dread. You know, I'm not blocking it anymore. And that's where energy will rise. You'll feel vitally. You'll like in all aspects, you'll feel better physically, mentally, emotionally. You'll just feel better when you don't block anything that comes your way. That doesn't mean I agree with everything. That just means I don't block it. Okay. This is in my life. And if there's action that can be taken, I take it. And if there isn't any, then I'm at peace with it until I can. So just knowing this little thing, that eases life. Ever since I switched my perspective, learned how to live easier and all of the good things, I I can't wait to share and help someone else, if I can in any capacity, for no reason at all, just because I can. That makes it fun for me. And I know that that someone will get something out of it. I know it. So yes, please let your uh, listeners know that they can reach me facebook probably olivera Milojkovic. you can put that in the notes <laughs> instagram too you know i'm not a big tech person but those are the two platforms that i have i will put the links in the show notes
1: thank you so much for everything olivera thank you for coming on let's head off the mic answer some of these community questions they are so good i can't wait You may be wondering what this off-the-mic thing is, and I will just say that I am so grateful to be able to provide the Boundless Heart Podcast for free. The information here for empowering oneself into your greatest expression, not people-pleasing anymore, not being codependent anymore – is amazing to me. And it's not something that is easy to do or even possible to do alone. I have created a premium membership of the Boundless Heart podcast, where I go deeper with each of my guests into an area of their expertise and or answer questions from the community directly. Members of the inner circle meet every single month, to practice what we're learning on the podcast, because as a near future guest is going to mention, it does take practice to rewire the brain in the way that we can start to live our lives the way we know is best for us. So let's practice together, because as we change, we change the world. It's $7 a month. The link for that is right at the top in the show notes, and I cannot wait to see you there. And done!